Hello and welcome to Discussing Distance, a podcast about all long-distance relationships, romantic, family or otherwise. In each podcast, we will be joined by a guest to tell us their story and give advice for others in similar situations. In our first episode, I'm joined by my fiance Mary. We begin by talking about our biggest obstacle to our relationship. So, I would say our biggest obstacle, of course, aside from the distance, because how many miles is it? 4,000 plus miles. For reference, 4,000 miles is roughly 70,000 American football pitches, or 750 times the height of Mount Everest. I'm here in Glasgow, Scotland, in the UK, and right. you are? Uh, I'm in Fort Campbell, Kentucky, close to Clarksville, about an hour from Nashville, so it is a big distance. So aside from that obstacle, I mean, that's that's enough <laughs> to break up anybody, yep. but um, aside from that, I would say that our our biggest obstacle is the time difference. Our time difference is a make or break situation. I've never been so time conscious as I am now. Then you know what I mean? Like before we were together I was like, oh whatever and like now I'm very aware of what time it is and where I am and what time it is where you are and what you are doing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, very much so. To let everyone know, we are six hours of a time difference, which is, is definitely not the worst I've heard talking to other people in LDRs. Right. But it's Australia definitely not the best. Australia will kill you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Australia will kill you from anywhere else on right. Earth other right. than Australia. Australia is pretty, like, they have to just be with other Australians <laughs> because otherwise. <laughs> so we don't have it that bad. No. And I'm not complaining. I'm just saying our schedule every day is affected by that time change. And I, I know that other couples can relate to that. Even couples that are in the same country, you know, your schedule, you have to share it with your partner. Yeah. And ours just has that extra added element of difficulty would, would be our, our biggest obstacle, or in my opinion. Yeah, I, I definitely say so. I mean, I now couldn't tell you exactly how much of a time difference it is between every time zone in the United States <laughs> and between those and the UK. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a little sad, but you know, good common knowledge. Oh yeah, um, definitely. I mean, after what three and a bit years, it's kind of become oh, second nature and mechanical to be able to do right. that. Would you like to explain to people how we met? Like, how, how this came Gosh. to be? Right. So, at the time that we met, I was in uni myself, and I was studying print journalism and online content. And Paul was working for, um, well, and he still works for, it's a media conglomerate sort of group called, at the time it was called Calm Down Tom, and he ran the podcast called Glitch Free Gaming. Um, I was on one side of the world working on a blog I called She's Not a Gamer, where I was trying to write these game reviews for girls who wanted to spend time with their boyfriends, but not necessarily, like, real big into the video games. So I happened across their blog, their podcast, and he and I, and I may comment it or, you know, something to that effect, and I started following them. And then he and I um, were working together on something because I had submitted um, something I was writing and he replied back and was like, 
well, I think this, this, and this, and kind of tore it apart. And I emailed him back, and I was like, well, I think you're full of shit, you know? <laughs> and um, and so our friendship kind of grew from that sort of thing, and he needed help uh, writing some blog stuff because Paul's more of an audio person, and I'm more of the writing um, and I needed help because I eventually had to take a radio class. And so we just kind of became a, a thorn in each other's sides for a while, helping each other out. And it just kind of was like, you should, we should make this a thing. Pretty yeah. much was solidified when you sent me flowers on Valentine's Day. And I was just like, so flabbergasted that you could even do that from another country. And at the <laughs> <Yeah>. time, <laughs> yeah. And at the time I was living in a dorm. So it was like all these girls on my hall were like, Mary's got flowers, you know, and my roommate was like, <gasps> you know, and I was like, I, I don't, I don't know who they're from, because I was like, I don't, I'm not dating anybody at, at uni, and then I saw they were from you, and I was like, what the shit just happened? From that moment on, I was just like, yeah, that's, that's him, and we have so much in common, we have, you know, when you have that, the person that you want, that you're like, you, you find something out, you're like, oh, I have to go tell. Paul's my person that I'm like I have to go tell Paul like he will not believe this all of it's going well I mean we've got to that lovely point of the relationship where <laughs> we can be pretty mean to each other and know the other one doesn't mean it <laughs> so yeah for example just before this podcast Paul told me I was a Slytherin so you know that's pretty much shots fired I'm but, over I mean Paul. you're the one that had to recreate <laughs> the Pottermore account because you weren't happy with your Listen. sorting hat Listen, Pottermore is a conspiracy, and <laughs> and that's just how it is. So, think about the happiest moment that we've spent together, and what is yours, and can you describe it? I think the happiest moment we've ever had was when we went on our a road trip to Memphis when you were here in May of 2015? 2015. 2015. Yeah, right. We went to Memphis. And we were just like walking around downtown Memphis and we realized that the Peabody Ducks were about to walk to do the march. For those that don't know, the Peabody Ducks are ducks that live in the fountain within the foyer of the Peabody Hotel. And we just like ran down to Peabody Hotel. We had no idea like where we were going. We could just see the hotel, you know, so we were just like running down there. And we got there just in time to see the ducks. And I, I remember, because that's always been like a childhood thing for me, was that I wanted to go see the Peabody ducks. Yep. And it was, I was so happy because I got to spend that moment with you. And I know that sounds so dumb because we've done some really exciting things. But to have a childhood moment shared with an adult partner was very touching. <laughs> And then we just kind of, like, we are obviously, like, two broke college students that were just, like, on a road trip. But we stayed at the Peabody Hotel and, like, hung out in the lobby. And it was very, very over the top. They had, like, a piano player. Oh, yeah. You know, like, we were going to get a dessert. And they had, like, solid chocolate ducks. And you were like, <laughs> they had a dessert cart, and we were going to get one. And you were like, oh, no. No, no. And we looked, and it was like $25. <laughs> For this, like, like cream mousse-filled chocolate duck. Yeah, you were like, I can do that at home. 
Mines would be, and it's going to sound like a cop out, but it's it's not. Uh, mines would be the first first trip we ever took together when we met for the first time. As magical as that was, meeting for the first time after a year of not like of a year of being apart and in a relationship, I had always, and I mean always, wanted to go to Florida to do Universal, <laughs> do Disney. Although we didn't do Disney that trip, we 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 did Universal. But just going around Universal, I had friends that had been there and been to Simpsons Land and been to Harry Potter Land. And, doing all of that stuff and just getting to nerd out. Now, people probably don't know, but they will after this, that me and your ginormous geeks. And, um, right, well, I've already made a Harry Potter reference. Getting to do that with you and geek out in Simpsons land and run around and see how happy you were in Harry Potter world yeah. and get butterbeer and do that whole thing together would probably be one of my happiest memories. You've been here and I've been there. What? cultural differences do you think we've struggled with most oh my god okay so what i can only speak for myself that i i would cite two things as being the most jarring um how quickly people in scotland talk and with such thick accents that i completely adore i think you all are wonderful i love the way you talk you all talk at a mile a minute, and I am from the deep south. We drink our iced tea slowly. We watch the grass grow. You know, we do everything slowly. We talk slowly. And you go, I, when I went to the UK, I, I almost didn't get through customs because I couldn't understand what the woman at customs was saying. You know, and then the second thing would be the transportation. Public transit freaks me out. I don't yeah. get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that first trip we did public transport on the uh, International Drive in Florida. Yeah. And you freaked the hell out. But to me, that was an everyday thing because I, well, could, I couldn't drive at that stage. Right, you couldn't drive. But also, in my perspective, I was in Orlando, a giant city. I am from a small town. I was with a strange man who is British, and you got us lost. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, so... <laughs> what is a foray into international public transit if you don't get lost, though? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. But since then, I mean, I feel like I've done a lot better. It's definitely... Public transit in the UK is different than public transit here. I think it's better. I think it's a lot better. Um, but I've had a lot of firsts with you when I come to public transit. First taxi cab, first train ride first bus ride that wasn't a school bus uh first subway that's a subway right you guys have the circle yep that's subway in glasgow you've been on it yeah i'm not saying i wouldn't do it again because i definitely will but it does it's very jarring to me for me like the the biggest kind of not misconception but thing to get used to was it's so in the south it's it's ma'am and it's sir and it's pleasantries and respect and stuff like that. And this is going to make the UK sound like a bad place. So here, all my best friends walk in here, or my friends walk in here, and they call my mum by her first name. And I do the same in their houses. And that's just what you do, because that's the person's name. You right. Do, you don't do that. Um, no. So I had to spend, like, months training myself to, like, it's sir, it's ma'am, before I met any of your family, especially your 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 mom and your grandmother. Your dad's a little bit better about it because he spent time in Europe and spent time in Germany, so he understands it, but 
I, I still yeah. call I, I still call him sir, oh, even yeah. though we've got when, to the stage where he's like, Don't call me sir, just call me Richard. Well that was and like I knew it was gonna be an issue, but it was like it was probably right before you were coming here. Like you were coming to Kentucky, you weren't coming to Florida, you were coming yeah, here in yeah. May. So just a little background information. The first time we met, we met in Florida, and then the second time that we met, he actually came to my home. So when you were coming here in May, and uh, you were talking to my mom via Skype, and you said something, I don't know what you said, but it brought up the name thing, and she was like, oh no, I lied. I know that that like, put you in line. Like I knew you were worried about it from that point. Oh, from that point onwards, it was like, okay, when I when I visit you and I visit you in your home, I better get yeah. this right. I've got one chance. <laughs> Initially, we had the same kind of cultural shock things, you know, like currency and trying to figure out. I still don't do U.S. change. <laughs> you, no. I'm getting better with paper money in the U.K., I have a hard time with a one-pound coin for some reason. Because <laughs> because you don't really have the one-dollar coin. I mean, you do, but we really don't. It's and not then common. when I was in the when I was in the UK and people were giving me change, I was like, "You didn't give me my dollar bills." I'm gonna ask the the last question. So, what advice can we give for other LDR couples? The advice I would give is to ex- expect pushback. When you bring this idea, I mean, if your family is anything like mine, when you bring this notion or this thing to the table and you're like, listen, I'm dating a guy that's 4,000 miles away and he's British and he talks funny. When you bring that to the table, they're going to be like, what crack have you been smoking? They're not going, if they're anything like my family, it is not going to be something that they just readily accept offhand. And I have fairly accepting parents. I'm an only child, so they do have high expectations. They're, but you're going to get pushback no matter what you say. You're from whether whether it be from your friends, you know, there your friends might not understand, or they might be like, you know. You could do better or you could make it easier on yourself. But the reality is if you're invested and you're committed to the relationship, then you're not going to do any better because you don't want to. No. And because you've found the person that you want to be with and you're willing to put the time into it because it's worth it. Yeah. So I would just say, and that's something that I didn't expect. Well, I mean, I wasn't so naive to think, oh, this will just be fine. Like I knew there were going to be, there were going to be issues. Yeah, but... I mean, you had a better time of it than me, because I kept our relationship secret until after yeah. the first time we met. You had that luxury, because you were, you were naughty. You basically just told your mom you were going on holiday. You didn't say anything about me. <laughs> no, not, 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 to, not and, to begin with. And I had to convince my parents, my mother and my father, to go on a road trip with me to Orlando and basically go on a double date vacation with me and this guy that I that I hadn't met and they certainly hadn't met. But yeah, but my advice is to just know that not everybody is going to agree with you and agree with your decisions, but if you're honest with yourself and you're committed to the relationship, to remain vigilant because in the end, it, all that matters is that you're happy and that you did what you think is right and you didn't settle. I would say my advice is stick with it, even when it's looking like super, super bleak, and talk it out. Talk it out with your partner. 
because yeah. no matter what you think is the end of the world and the worst thing on earth and it's the worst thing that's happening, 98% of the time, you've just got misconstrued. You've just had a lack of communication. And simply yeah. by sitting down and talking about it sensibly with the person you love, it resolves itself. And that's it from us for episode one of Discussing Distance. If you'd like to get involved, you can do so by emailing discussingdistance at gmail.com on Twitter at Discuss Distance, and by searching Discussing Distance on Facebook. <laughs>